Welcome to the 16th episode of the Impermanence Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Barlow. Hey everybody, that was Strength Approach with the title track off of their latest full length on Fast Break Records, Over the Edge. Uh, if you guys get a chance, definitely check that album out. It's a uh, it's really good record. Um, it's good to be back, good to be talking to you guys again. It's been a little while again, <laughs> but uh, I've built up a few interviews in, in, the, in the past month, so uh, hopefully I'll be able to get these things edited and out to you guys. Um, this week... We're going to be speaking with, uh, I spoke with Brian Barlow, my brother. Uh, he was the drummer for Animal House. He was in a couple other bands too, um, but that was probably his real big uh, claim to fame. Um, <laughs> uh, he's down in Savannah, Georgia right now, um, getting his master's degree in, I don't know what it's called. He's he's doing acting. <laughs> I guess it's, I guess it's a... A masters in theater um, or film I'm not sure um, but I got uh, I sat down and interviewed him uh, it was back in August he came home 
to go to uh, This Is Hardcore. Um, so uh, the one day while he was home, we he was hanging out at the house, and I was like, hey, let's sit down and do an interview. Uh, just get him on tape, and catch up with him, see what's been going on in his life, and talk about the history of Animal House and everything, how all that all started. And uh, We got a little bit into like how he first started going to shows. He, he was the youngest out of the three of us, so um, believe it or not, John and I influenced his musical taste. <laughs> but uh, before we get to that interview, I'll get a couple other things out of the way. We'll run through some shows that are coming up right now. Uh, Philly Hardcore Shows, uh, October 28th at the First Unitarian Church in Philly. It's Turnstile, Angel Dust, Fury, Crime Watch, Big Bite. Uh, I'm not sure who else is on that. I think that might be it. Yeah, Turnstile, Angel Dust, Fury, Crime Watch, and Big Bite. Uh, First Unitarian Church was a 22nd and Chestnut. Uh, it starts at 6.30, it's saying. Um, you guys should definitely check that out. It's all it's it's really cool to see shows going on at the church. Um Anybody that's, you know, like over 30, that, that place definitely has a special place in their heart uh, if they're a hardcore kid from the greater Philadelphia area. Uh, November 20th, it's H2O, Wisdom and Chains, Vision, and Nation of Wolves, plus more. That's at Underground Arts. That's the, uh, there's, it's like a short East Coast stint that H2O is doing for the 20th anniversary of the self-titled LP. Uh, another thing that, if you're old enough to uh, remember it, uh, like that 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 record was probably responsible for getting a lot of people in the hardcore. It's probably it may have been one of the first records a lot of people have heard. Um, awesome record. That, that's a that's a great show too. H two O Wisdom and Chains Vision and Nation of Wolves. <laughs> um, that's on November twentieth. That's actually a Sunday. Uh, it's a matinee. It starts at three o'clock. So. Uh, everybody can still get home in time for uh, school and work the next day. Uh, and then on November 27th, there's uh, Cruel Hand, Lifeless, Varials, Near Death, um, Descent, and The New Harmony. Uh, that's at Underground Arts as well. Um, that's also a Sunday. That show starts at 6 p.m. on November 27th. Um, seems like they're starting to use underground arts a whole lot which is awesome i i uh i'm i've turned into a big fan of that place it's a really neat venue um if you guys get a chance definitely make it down to any of those shows um also on friday october 28th the same night as the turnstile show in philly um there is a halloween show that's going on out in bristol um it's going out it's at uh, freddy's tavern and grill it's a uh, 1100 green lane in bristol pa that is, uh, it's the return of When Man Meets His Maker. Uh, it's the live video shoot for our friends in Activate. And uh, Eaten Alive and Departed are also playing. So that's going to be a really fun show, too. I think it's, uh, I think it's 21 plus. Um, I'm not 100% on that, but if you guys are thinking about going to it, definitely look into that. If you're under 21, just to make sure that you can get in. But uh, that should be really fun. Activate's uh, EP is officially out. You can get it on all digital platforms. And I believe they have CDs out now, too. I know they were waiting on them. Uh, they played with Toxic Holocaust this past Tuesday uh, down at Underground Arts. And I think they were hoping that they'd have them in time for that. Um, uh, but it sounds like they should definitely have them for the show on the 28th. I think that's uh, their official record release. That's That, that show is only 5 bucks and it starts at 9 Um so if you guys can make it out to that, 
Uh, a couple other things in Fast Break news. Fast Break, uh, within the past week or two, has announced that uh, Absolute Suffering signed with the label, and they'll be putting out a new EP on Fast Break. Uh, it's slated for release on January 8th, 2017, so right after the new year. That's an awesome, awesome news for that band and for that label. Uh, I'm really excited for everybody involved in that. Uh, another thing that Fast Break and Soda and the guys are uh, putting together right now uh, on Friday, November 11th at 7 o'clock at the Polish Club in Phoenixville. Leeway, Absolute Suffering, Homicidal, and I Disappear. Uh, I think they're throwing another band or two on there as well. Um, But that's going to be an awesome show to see at the Polish Club. Uh, Again, that's on November 11th. that's a Friday night. It starts. It doors are at seven, and it's twelve bucks. And the kitchen will be open for all of those of you familiar with the Polish Club. Uh, some of the best pierogies you'll ever have in your life. <laughs> um, so make sure you guys, if you guys can, if you're in the area, definitely make it out for that as well. Um, other than that, uh, some other things that are going on. Um, the Ill Street News podcast put out their eleventh episode full episode they like they did an update like about a month ago that was awesome i was really pumped to hear them put anything out but uh like adam put out an update adam and tim and uh but did this uh like within the pay i think it was last weekend they released it they put out another full episode it's episode 11 with uh tim adam and and uh mike they were all on there but that was awesome to hear i think adam only has like a couple weeks left before he can go back to his regular daily routine. So it's awesome to hear his voice again, period. Um, always awesome to hear those guys. They put on an awesome show. So even if you guys, if you guys have never listened to that, um, like it's a really good time to try and catch up on the older episodes. If you wanted to do that, go back and listen to them. They're available on Google play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, um, and like anything else that's out there. The only thing I think they they might still be having problems with is iTunes. Whatever happened with that? Um, but uh, definitely check them out when you guys get a chance. Uh, check out our friends at uh, Shallow Thoughts. They just put out a new episode as well. Um, so those guys are getting back into the game too. They like they were in a little bit of a lull. <laughs> it seems like everybody hit like a slow spot at the same time. But uh, definitely check them out again. Um, I think. I can't remember what number episode it was for them, but but they did just put out another one. So if you guys get a chance, definitely check them out as well. Um, they're available iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, um, just about everywhere. Um, so uh, I guess for right now, we're going to get into this episode, but uh, I'll see you guys on the other side. Thanks. Hey, everybody. This week, we have a very special guest, Brian. Daniel Barlow. Brian, introduce yourself. Thank you, everybody. Uh, this is the Reverend Brian Buckles Barlow here on the Impermanent Gas with uh, my good brother, Michael Barlow. Thank you, Brian. Thank you for coming on. I'm Thank glad you. that you could clear your busy schedule to come on to the podcast. Got a lot of stuff going on. Good to be here. <laughs> you do have a lot of stuff going on. How's Savannah been? Everybody asks about you all the time. Savannah's beautiful. Uh, Savannah is hot. <laughs> Savannah is old. <laughs> Savannah has an organization 
that supports the grandchildren of the Civil War. <laughs> I shit you not. I went to the St. Patty's Day Parade. And they have a section of the parade dedicated to these dudes. And they just let off cannons as they go through the parade. It's dedicated to the grandchildren of the Civil War? The grandchildren of the Confederate <laughs> soldiers. Jesus Christ, almighty. So you have, like, a bunch of Irish step dancing schools with, like, little kids step dancing. It's like, oh, they're, they're adorable. Look at this. Followed by cannons <laughs> and these old dudes in Confederate uniforms. Great town. Beautiful Great. town. <laughs> So there, there are some negatives to uh, to Savannah, Georgia. Yeah, but I mean, open container, so people are having a great time. It's the bachelorette capital of the world. <laughs> I moved from the mushroom capital of the world to the bachelorette capital of the world. So <laughs> I kind of, I, I want to say that I upgraded a little bit. <laughs> well, what are you, uh, what are you doing down in Savannah, Bry? Just so to- I'm down at Savannah College of Art and Design, getting my. Masters in Performing Arts, or acting for the uh, layman's. Yeah, man, like, I thought I was just going to go get my MFA at a school, you know. And then I realized that I had just jumped into, like, one of the largest schools for performing arts. We have our own casting office, and it's like, great, you can be in a student film, congratulations. It's like, no, man, we just had to rock. Dwayne The Rock Johnson come through. Zach Efron for that uh, Baywatch film. Magic Mike and Magic Mike XXL came through Savannah. I mean, like, <laughs> I'm living the dream. I know people, like, think of these things. They're like, oh, man, I wish I could do that. I'm doing it, okay? <laughs> uh, I'm in it. But, uh, I mean, like, SCAD. School is also known as SCAD. Um, they had a sitcom that like one of my buddies wrote and then like directed and like th- the school put it on. So now like it's a school show. We have like all this fucking crazy equipment that I've never seen in my entire life. And like we're in an actual sound studio and we have a set that looks like it's from Friends. Like, like it's it's real, man. It's a real thing. So, like, that's super cool. I did do a couple student films. Uh, the Four O'Clock. Yes, very good film. Which uh, some of you donated to and got to see. It's 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 a short film, but it's very entertaining. It's like six minutes long, and it was a hell of a lot of fun. Um, they also have a huge. What sold me on SCAD most, besides my MFA, was they talked about improv. And you know us, man, you know, <laughs> growing up with like stand up comedy the way that we did and uh, learning to laugh rather than cry. Uh, improv, <laughs> improv really appealed to me. And we actually had a group this year. Uh, we have competitive groups at our school as well. And we had a group come second in the nation for colleges. Really? Yeah. So, like, that's a huge achievement right there. And. <laughs> Through that improv community, we also had Scatterday Night Live. It's almost like Saturday Night Live, but they can't sue us because it's an educational institution. So, and like we can put on our resumes that we wrote 
and acted for SNL. And people would be like, oh my God, look at these impressive kids. But it's not Saturday Night Live. It's not NBC. Um, I go to school and pass palm trees every day. Like, I never thought in a billion years that would ever be my life. Uh, the most you could hope for was that there was a tree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, like, I got a meal plan down there. I'm 26, and I'm sitting in, like, the dining hall. It's all these 18-year-olds, like, look at that fat, bearded... Is that someone's father? Like, somebody must be visiting the school. This man just got lost from an insane asylum around here. We should get him back. But, like, you think dining hall, like, pizza, burgers, hot dogs, whatever. Which, like, yeah, they have that. But, dude, like... They have like oyster seafood specials. I eat duck. <laughs> you want to know why I eat duck? Because I'm never going to pay for it. Might as well try it for free. Oh, you're paying for it, uh, though. Yeah, I'm paying so much for it. But I don't have to pay it back for like 30 years. Um, yeah, dude, the, the, place, the place is insane. These kids have more money than God. <laughs> And I'm like shaking around change in my pocket, <laughs> hoping I could get into a five dollar school movie <laughs> just to spend on uh, you know some extra free time. <laughs> These kids have eight hundred dollar allowances a month. I don't, I don't know what to do. Can't keep up. So what? Um. So you're getting your masters for acting, or mm. what? 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 What's your ultimate goal here? You know, like, like everybody who tries to get into something like this, you know, it'd be great to be rich and famous and go yeah. to the Oscars and, you know, live in the Hollywood Hills. Dude, I really just want to be able to, like, support a family while acting. I don't care if it's on stage. I don't care if it's in a movie. I don't care if I'm doing stand-up in a club. If I can support a family by acting, like, that's all I want. So with your MFA, you have every opportunity to become rich and famous and beautiful and all that. <laughs> or you can, like, teach university level. Yeah. Which yeah. I wouldn't hate. Yeah. I, I studied education for a while. Um, plus, like, I don't want to deal with little kids. Like, like yeah. elementary school or middle school. Like, fuck them. Like, they're the worst. <laughs> If I'm going to teach, I'm going to teach somebody who, like, knows how to wipe their own ass. Like, they don't need help pulling up their fucking pants, and they can color in the lines. Like, those are the people I want to teach. That's hard to find at any age these days. Especially out in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. Where we are now. Brian made the journey while he was back up in the state of Pennsylvania. Uh He uh, made the journey out to Lancaster, PA, to come on the podcast today. And, uh... There's nothing that warms my heart more than when I can disappoint somebody and have them come out here. <laughs> so, so I've been out. I've been without a, a license for a while <laughs> due to some things, and uh, I finally got my license back in I think like May. And uh, I've been carless this whole time. Insurance will probably be. And, uh, like the thousand dollar mark a month if I ever get a car, <laughs> but, uh, our good aunt, let me borrow one of John's old cars and I can drive around in it. Haven't stopped. 
I, I love driving, but like I've, I've noticed <laughs> I'm not the same driver I was back in the day. Uh, before it was, how do I get from point A to point B as fast as possible and not giving a shit about anybody else on the road? So I have totally taken a Sunday driver's approach to all my driving. I make full and complete stops. And people hate being behind me. And I've noticed this, and you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm so old, and I, I, I don't give a shit anymore. Fucking deal with it. <laughs> and I've had a great time driving through Pennsylvania again. And then I came out here. <laughs> where you have these big open roads. Where you can go a thousand miles an hour if you want. And you know what? No one's ever going to stop you. If you ever want to know what it's like living in the Wild West, come out to Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, and do whatever the fuck you want, because I'm pretty sure they don't have a police department out here. So anyway, they got these big, long roads. You can do like a 1,000 miles an hour, and then you always end up getting stuck behind A, a fucking horse and buggy, or B, tourists that are doing... 15 miles an hour, so they can look at a cow pasture. On a 50-mile-an-hour road. On a 50-fucking-mile-an-hour road. <laughs> so this jerk-off from Virginia pulls out in front of me out of a fucking farm. I'm doing, like, 55, and they just pull out in front of me, and they're doing, like, 15. And then we get to the first fucking intersection right after this farm. They have the right turn signal on, and then they turn it off, and then they want to go left, and then they might go straight. And I literally just rolled down the window, put my hand on the horn, and I was like, Fuck you! (laughs) I haven't had a single road rage incident this whole time in this whole fucking car, and I come out to Lancaster, and it's just the worst. As soon as you cross the county line. Oh, my God. Literally. 30 bypass. If anybody's in the area and you know about the 30 bypass, it's a piece of shit. It's a great place. It's a great place. <laughs> Good to be home, though. Good to be back in Pennsylvania. <laughs> Love it. Oh, you do miss it up here when you're I, gone, too. I fucking miss the shit out of everyone up here. Yeah. Um. So we got to go to This Is Hardcore, which, like, I'm down in Savannah. I don't want to say there isn't a hardcore scene down there, because there is. It's extremely small. Yeah. Uh, we had Bane's final tour come through. Yeah. I got to go to that. It was awesome. It was great. I don't know anybody. Yeah. But I see doppelgangers of everybody from up here down there. It's it's fucking insane. Uh by like first two weeks at SCAD, they had like come and look at what clubs we have. And they have great clubs. Uh they had an improv club, which like obviously I liked. And if you're into I don't know, you go to art school and, like, let's say that you're into math or you're into geology. You're not going to get a lot of those classes here. But they have clubs for it. Or they have, I don't know, the furry club. Like, those weird fucks that dress up as dogs and cats and, like, fuck each other in these things. Standing outside in, like, 110-degree heat, dude. These kids are in furry costumes. So it was great. But as I was, like, walking through, I saw a kid in Angel Dust shirt. What are the chances that I'm going to meet a hardcore kid down here? So I was like, nice Was shirt. he in the furry club? No. Oh, okay. Thank God. <laughs> so 
I, I see this kid. I was like, oh, nice shirt. And I had my vest on with, like, all my patches and stuff. And it turns out that he's from Pennsylvania. So, like, that worked out perfectly. And this kid, like, <laughs> he already was invited to all these events on Facebook for, like, punk house shows, for, like, hardcore shows that were coming through the area and stuff. So that's how I got introduced to the hardcore scene down there. But extremely small. Not a whole lot goes on. In the beginning of the year, they had, like, six venues. Towards the end, they had one. Like, yeah. everything gets shut down immediately. Uh, that's probably why they're seeing small, too. It might just be uh, they haven't found a place that's safe yet. Yeah, and, like, I was asking people around here, like, Soda and Ziggy and all of them, you know, where in Georgia puts on shows? And they were like, fucking nowhere. Good luck. <laughs> Atlanta's the usual, isn't it? Yeah, but, like, I'm four, four uh, and a half hours. hours yeah. yeah. So, and I don't have a car down there. Yeah. So it's really hard to actually get out there. Um, but there's also a bar called the Jinx down in Savannah on Congress Street. <laughs> and it's like a metal bar. Like You can totally t- tell these guys like grew up on like Dio and Baden and shit yeah. like that. They have like really cool posters and stickers all over the wall. It's a really neat place, but they have karaoke night. It's the funniest goddamn thing to watch. It's just these big burly dudes getting up and like singing Maiden at the top of their lungs. <laughs> and then you'll get the like 98 pound chick in a cocktail dress that'll sing like Taylor Swift for one song. And then it's like metal the rest of the night. <laughs> Definitely an interesting town. That's awesome, though. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so uh, you're doing this whole acting thing and everything. Um, you were also in a few bands coming I'm, up. I may have dabbled in music at one point. <laughs> so, uh, before we even talk about the band you were in, uh, pretty much everybody that we have on this show is associated in one way or another with punk, hardcore, metal. <laughs> um, so, what... What were your, like, what was your intro into music in general, but then, like, more specifically, uh, you know, punk, hardcore, metal? Well, um, I know a lot of people may not know this, but you and John were my older brothers growing up. Okay. And uh, (laughs) there wasn't really any debate what I was going to listen to. It was... (laughs) Here's this fucking CD, learn it. Um, but I mean, I mean, obviously you two were like a huge influence on that. But like I saw you guys play guitar and I was just like, well, I'm never going to learn how to play a stringed instrument ever. So I better learn drums. <laughs> so that worked out for a little bit. That okay. was nice. Um, well, what about even just listening to it? Like what was your... Like, do you remember, like, what you've heard first? The one, I, th- I actually think you bought my first CD, like, or I guess, like, my first hardcore CD ever, which was Ignite, Place okay. Called Home. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I fell in love with that album. And that dude's got, like, the craziest voice in the world. Like, I listen to a lot of music, especially after I got into drums. I wasn't just learning, like, rock grooves or anything like that. I got into jazz. I got into fusion. I got into this. I got into that. And out of like every band or like every singer I've listened to, like that dude knocks it out of the park on that album so hard. Yeah. Yeah. 
That uh, that 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 record is awesome. Yeah, I that that's funny though. I mean, I I never time wise that actually makes sense. Yeah, without I wasn't sure what the first thing was that John or I like ever got you like hooked on. You well, know what I what mean? was the next like, album, ladies and gentlemen? Blood for Blood, Outlaw Anthems. <laughs> that was the next album after that. Probably explains a lot more about me now. <laughs> Probably seeing a that, pattern. That would make sense time wise too. Yeah. So. You started listening to the stuff then. Do you remember like what your first shows were or anything that you went to? H2O was one of my first shows down at the church. Okay. I remember that distinctly. Uh, but back in the day, man, there was Liquid Gang. You remember that. <laughs> went to the Trocadero a couple times. Got backstage at like, I don't know, nine years old. I was cool as shit. Um <laughs> You and John were always putting on shows back at Clifton Heights at uh, Sacred Heart, the yeah. Hall. And the Y in Lansdowne. The Y in Lansdowne. Drexel Brook. Like, just God, be- I never even thought about that. You saw some pretty cool bands and when like, you were like nine years old. You saw like, the Cuffs. You yeah. saw NC-13s. And saw- people like see that like I'm an actor now and shit. And they're like, well, he's probably been doing theater forever. It's like, that's not true at all. I was immersed in like punk and hardcore since I was a kid. Yeah. And then I just so happened to like find acting not until high school. Yeah. Like Yeah, yeah, you really didn't start acting until like high school. But like if it wasn't for music, I don't think I ever would have taken that change to like yeah. be an actor. Yeah. Let and <laughs> this is kind of corny and dumb, but true. Down with the core. Uh like <laughs> all my shows in Maybe my senior year of high school, through my undergrad at Westchester University, you get to write your own like biography. Like Brian has been acting for two years and blah blah blah. But like at the end, you know, it's like I would like to thank my friends, my family, blah blah. blah and I always put my P A H C family. <laughs> you do put that on everything, yeah, and, you do. And like everybody be like, "What's that?" And I'd be like, "If you don't know, you never will." <laughs> <laughs> but like but like animal house specifically like that's when i really learned that you can like change and like change people and put them in like a more positive mindset or just in a better mood by playing music by being on stage by creating something yourself okay so I was like, I want to do that for the rest of forever. <laughs> and like, I think <laughs> if you ever listen to the Animal House album, there ain't anything special coming off those drums. <laughs> and I'm an okay actor, I guess. So I figured let's put it into acting and comedy and stuff like that. <laughs> but I mean, without being like having that experience on stage, I never would have taken that chance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What? Uh, so. We'll try and go in order here. What other bands were you in? Um, it's not a very long list. Um, <laughs> in high school, I was in a band called Beneath the Tide. <sighs> uh, I guess it was a metalcore band. Yeah. We were just, you know, five dickheads sitting in a friend's basement. Let's try this. Did that, and then we would play Halo for six and a half hours. And then we tried to play a song again. <laughs> and that went on for maybe a year or two. Met a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, 
You well, got you guys were better than you give yourselves credit for too. I, I mean, it guess, was nothing earth shattering, but it wasn't for a bunch of high school kids. It was not bad. What's funny is listening to that. We did record like a five song EP. <laughs> listening to that EP and then like listening to the Animal House shit. Back in high school, I tried to take like I took lessons from uh, Mr. Michael Bartzig, uh, punk drummer legend of Philadelphia of the <laughs> Boils. Um, but, I mean, that dude was a wealth of knowledge. He wasn't just a punk drummer. Yeah. He played every genre, and he would teach me every genre. If I asked to learn it, he, he knew everything about it. So I would try to take everything he has ever taught me and put it into a single song. And then you listen to Animal House, and it's just like two, four beats, a simple fill and right back to that two, four, four beat. beat. Yeah. Bunch of whoa, whoa, whoa's and na, na, na's. And like everybody <laughs> went crazy for that. <laughs> so I think I was absolutely a better drummer in high school than like I ever will be for the rest of my life. And like I also had the time back then to like dedicate to learning yeah. ridiculous shit that no one ever needed to know. But yeah, d- definitely interesting looking back at that. And then, uh, all right, so you were in Beneath the Tide. Beneath the Tide. Um, and then I went to Indiana University of Pennsylvania for my freshman year of college, and I was in a little four-piece called High Kick, which never saw the light of day. (laughs) We probably had, like, six or seven songs, uh, but we never played a show, we never recorded or anything like that. We were just a bunch of college students, like, trying to waste free time. Yeah. But the singer of Full of Hell... He was one of the guitar players in it, and we met like the the first day of orientation, and I had a barricade shirt on, and we were filling out these dumbass surveys. If they just make you go around fill out surveys all day and try to find you your best friend in college, yeah, we're filling out surveys, and I was like, "Fuck this!" and I went to go leave this one, and he came running out after me, and he goes, "You like barricade?" and I was like, "Yeah, like my brother plays bass in barricade." Blah blah blah. And we got talking about hardcore, exchanged numbers. We had lunch like almost every day together. He introduced me to a couple of guys up there that like listened to hardcore and had a house. So started a band while we were up there. And it was it was really good. Like I was actually like really proud of that band. Yeah. Nothing ever came out of it. But he's I mean it did. was still really cool. <laughs> and it's cool to see what he's doing now. That dude that kid's touring the world now and everything. Dude, they're huge, man. It's yeah. unbelievable what that band's turned into. And, like, that weird, like, noise shit that, like, makes you uncomfortable. And then they just, like, hit you with the rock. <laughs> That's what's up. They, uh, every, anytime I do see them live, like, as soon as they stop playing, like, at the end of their set, I feel like I'm in a daze for, like, ten minutes afterwards. Yeah, like, It's I've, just such a wall of fucking violence coming at you the whole time. <laughs> throughout... Uh, my life, I've done some hard drugs, but I've never felt the way that I do after one of their sets. <laughs> tell you what. Um, so you did that. So you did that, band, which really didn't like. You guys didn't put anything out or anything. You didn't. No, any but show. like, and like, I failed out of IUP, so they asked me not to come back for an academic year. But the kid who was singing for us, this kid Joe. <laughs> He was like, you're you're coming back to IUP, right? Like, move into the house. Let's get this band going. And it never happened. Yeah. Because I failed out. Uh, <laughs> so I failed out of there, and I came back to Southern Chester County. And, you know, my best friends and I still, from high school, still lived around the area. 
So Louie and I started a two-piece punk band called Shit Twin. And all of our music <laughs> subject matter came from the bottom of Snapple lids. <laughs> like the little like quotes and shit like that. Uh, yeah, and... like the dumbass facts. And <laughs> specifically, I can remember one. And we might have only written one song, for all I know. Um, <laughs> the fact was, Dolphins Sleep With One Eye Open. And that was our song. We were like, we have to write a song about this. And that's all it was, dude. Like, Dolphin Sleep With One Eye Open! Dolphin Sleep With One Eye Open! <laughs> yeah. That, that's all it was. That's all it takes, man. That's all it takes to write a punk song. It's great. It's beautiful. You can always make music with people. Learn three chords... Know how to smash some shit on drums, and you're good. You're good and you're go. good. You're good to go. You're good to go. So you did that with Louie. Yeah, and also while I was still in the area, I worked with uh, Andrew Peters, Donnie Hess, Cody Roggio. I can't think of anybody else that was in it at that time, but that was Weeded Out. And if you haven't heard Weeded Out... dude. I highly suggest doing a Google search because I have no idea where the fuck it would be anymore. It's on, it's the, uh, you can still stream it on Stereo Killer and download it. So, that that was like way before it's time. Andrew Peters is a goddamn genius. He is a lyrical wordsmith. The, uh, I still rock that demo on a regular basis. Constantly. Um, but... I had to leave that project to start Animal House with the boys. But weeded out, <laughs> like, like picked up their shit, and they played shows, man. Like, they got shit done. Who, who drummed for them after you left? Do you remember? <sighs> Drew Wenzel. We went to high school together. Okay. Um, I think he's down in Philly now. But, I mean, the, the, whole, the whole band, like, musically, lyrically. That that shit was awesome. That it was, shit was awesome. so solid. It was awesome. I hope that twenty years from now somebody will make a documentary and some dickhead will pull that out of their <laughs> fucking PA hardcore collection and be like, "Listen to this." Do you remember this? No, <laughs> because it was too good for you. <laughs> it was an awesome demo. So you left weeded out and went on the Animal House then. Yeah. So that was like 2010. Those were those were some times. Um, <laughs> Talk about your ride through Animal House, like from its inception. So, John, John, and I were living together in Westchester with Mama Dukes, and or no, dude, I think we were still in Avondale. Yeah, in the beginning, I think you were still yeah down in Avondale. So, John <laughs> kept mentioning this idea for an apocalyptic party band (laughs) and that just sounded great to me and i guess him and ziggy got talking and they were like but who will we get for drums and john was just like (laughs) well brian sucks um (laughs) let's fucking do that and that's how that got started uh very slow going at first and stay on point was just becoming a thing at the Phoenixville Polish Club. Yeah. And we had to clean out the basement and redo it and whatever. So I remember, like, (laughs) just chucking up the fucking floor. And then we would have to paint it. And Sean was there. 
and it was me, John, and Ziggy. And Ziggy was just like, oh, by the way, boys, Sean dabbles with guitar. And we were like, oh, does he now? Hmm. <laughs> and Sean, like, barely knew us, so he was just like, whatever, just fuck these guys. And uh, he ended up coming over and he played with us, and Sean Hackett is probably one of the most talented guitar players that has ever come out of Pennsylvania. He's all right. Uh, yeah, if you're into that shit. Yeah, if you like that metal dumbass shit. <laughs> and then we had Cody Brown jump on in on rhythm guitar. And then, uh, he got out and Schwenk <laughs> came in. <laughs> he, he had to go to art school or something. And then Schwenk came in. And it, it was on top. I was, I was in barricade, basically. Like, I thought I was fucking king shit of fuck mountain. Um... Like I said, nothing crazy came off those drums, but dude, did we have a good fucking time? <laughs> I I don't remember 2010 to 2012, probably for good reason. <laughs> Wouldn't want to. Uh, but I mean, we did some ridiculous shit in that band. Uh, every time that we recorded, we recorded with Scott Minner, and he would just like let us stay at his place for the weekend while we recorded. And it was probably, like, the most fun I ever had. <laughs> ever. <laughs> like, like <laughs> Animal House was a lot of work, you know. Ziggy was all about, like, let's get this shit out there now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we did a lot of running around. But, dude, it was, like, the most fun times ever. Like, those van rides, nothing will ever top that. Bill Hader, comedian, SNL, says, like, I will never laugh as hard as I did at the high school lunch table. Which is very true. I will never laugh as hard as when I was in the Animal House van going through Pennsylvania and like the whole Northeast and like out to Michigan. Critter, Matt Cain, I see you. Um, yeah, dude, like we had absolutely ridiculous times. Uh, yesterday's in Wheeling, West Virginia. I became a man the first time I went into that town. Like, like. That place will change your entire shit. <laughs> it's gone now, isn't it? I think it closed down. With good reason. They didn't have a roof. Like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure the Blair Witch was uh, shot in the basement. <laughs> Funny fact, not a lot of people know that they have a basement. Here's why I know they have a basement. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, you probably got it. You, you, you're going to have to tell a couple of these stories. So, Animal House... Gets this long weekend. We're going to play Altoona, we're going to play West Virginia, and we're going to play Michigan. Knockout cities, right? So anyway, we also have two guys that are going to film us the whole time. Try to make a pilot for whoever would want to buy five fat dudes in a van playing punk. That would have been the perfect name for it. That, that's the best tagline to any show ever. It, it could not fail. So, we end up in Wheeling, West Virginia, and we stay at this hotel that we've stayed at before. However, like, we have more people, and they see all of us, and they're like, you can't just buy one room, people. You're going to have to buy multiple rooms. We can't afford that many fucking rooms that they want us to buy. Yeah. So, we end up getting two, and, like, we're sneaking people in, sneaking people out, and, like, shit. And then we go down to the bar, and we hang out there all day. Chuck yesterday's already has like the whole bar like set up with drinks like all right can't drink this or you you have to drink this or you can't play like the whole time 
we're getting ripped. Yeah. At like twelve in the afternoon, and we don't go on until like eight or nine. <laughs> and just the cast of characters that lives in Wheeling, West Virginia. Like, I would love to do a documentary about that town. Um it was just it was just great. It was beautiful, it was ridiculous. But basically, our camera guys have to stay sober enough that they can film the important shit when we're actually playing. So they're being very good. They're having a couple of beers. They're filming some like extra shit that they can like splice in later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, sun goes down. Freaks come out at night. Everybody's lining up for this show. We have all these waivers that people have to sign because like their faces might be on television one day. Oh, uh, okay. They got fucking lost. Nobody gave a shit about that. <laughs> Waivers. So, it's it's fucking showtime, man. It's go time. Let's do this. Get up on stage. We're playing. People are shooting off fireworks. There's all these lights and shit. We're having a good old time drinking, playing. I look around, and I notice there isn't a single fucking camera on. I was like, well... Kind of defeats the purpose of having cameramen. And I look over, and here's one of our camera dudes, drunk as fuck, sitting on this bar stool, barely sitting on this bar stool, just swaying back and forth. And then the other one, this this kid that brought a leather-bound book of poetry to read in the car while we drove, (laughs) is chatting up some chick. And I was just like, well, that's fucking stupid. We get done. I go over and talk to him, and I'm like, how'd that footage go? Get a lot? <laughs> Fuck it. I was like, okay, cool. And the other kids talk to the chick, so I don't want to talk to the fucking poetry boy anyway. It's fine. <laughs> Going through the night. Jesus. Chuck let us play fucking bartender. We're pouring Jameson in girls' eyes. <laughs> like, everybody's just throwing money and drinking it's great grand old time there's fucking firework debris all over the place we're trying to get the shit back out to the van so we don't have to pack it off the next day it's probably one of the most sober nights i had in animal house and i look around i say hey where's the dumb cameraman that's all drunk and sean looks at me and goes i don't fucking know whatever and i was like nah dude we can't just leave this kid in wheeling west virginia we have to find him and make sure he's alive, or else we're going to get in trouble. <laughs> Fuck it. All right, fine. So you can't make it to the upstairs of yesterday's because the door's locked. So I go back down. I'm checking the bathrooms. He's not in there. I'm, the bar's not that big, man. Like, you can see fucking front to end, right where, wherever you stand. And then I see this door, and it says, do not enter. And I was like, well, somebody totally entered that fucking door. That door has been entered. Yeah, without a doubt. So I open up the door, and I look down, and it's just a black pit. Like, I can't see anything. Had a flashlight on me. Turn that on. Wooden stairs. Go down to the bottom. You're just in, like, a concrete fucking cell. I go to the right. There's another room that's just filled with debris. And I was like, well, fuck that. Go to the left. And now there's, like, a corridor as long as the entire building. There's Coke machines, and there's, like, ice boxes. There's extra tables and chairs. It's like, man, this is fucking weird. And it looks like the Blair Witch Project, like, like the basement. Yeah. It's fucking terrifying. Especially, like, yeah, like, in the dark, that whole scene looks like something out of a fucking nightmare. So, 
flash my light down there. I'm like, yo, yo, calling out for the kid. Don't hear anything. We go a little bit further, and like the room opens up more, and there are these two gigantic pits filled with glass bottles. Which Sean Hackett takes that as an invitation to smash glass bottles against the fucking wall <laughs> while I'm looking for this kid. So, walked a little bit further, and then we hear like, <laughs> both stop. We were like, what the fuck is that? I'm thinking that we're going to find the gate to hell in Wheeling, West Virginia. <laughs> And I was like, yo. <laughs> so I go up a little bit further. I look to my right. And there's our camera dude. Completely naked. <laughs> sitting on a fucking bench. I was like, dude, you gotta be fucking kidding me. And Sean's laughing his ass off. Smashing fucking bottles behind me. I got glass all in my hair. It's going down my back. It's in my shoes. I was like, fuck, cut it out. Yo, man, you got to get up. You got to get up, dude. Get up right now. And I go to, like, take a step towards him. And my foot feels fucking weird. What is this? I look down. This kid had gotten naked, walked down to the fucking basement, and took a shit in the middle of the floor. And I just stepped in it. Oh my god. Dude, fucking zero to 60 so goddamn fast. I was just like, get your fucking clothes on. Get upstairs. Sean's still breaking bottles. I was like, cut it out. Get upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> fucking trying to wash my shoe off in the sink. I'm just spackling shit all over my shirt. Had to throw out the fucking shirt. Throw out the goddamn shoes. Ziggy and John called me shit ankles all fucking week. Bullshit. Old shitty ankles. Oh man. Um, haven't seen him since. Um, <laughs> hope he's doing well. So what, what ended up happening with all that footage from that weekend? Dude, they made like a silly little trailer that's on YouTube. But other than that, like legally, I don't think they could put it on public television. Like <laughs> Michigan got weird. For a second, <laughs> couldn't use any of that footage. <laughs> Had a great time though. Kyle Nargang, flip flop stomp. Never forget. Um, it, but that was fun as well. <sighs> I, I I don't know, man. It was just a long weekend. Just a long, long. Just week. a long, long weekend. <laughs> yep. Uh, we lost John at a rest stop that weekend as well for a little bit. You're kidding me. But, like, <laughs> but like, it's not like any of us were, like, fucked up. Like, we were driving home. Yeah, yeah. And we just couldn't find him for the longest time. And, like, we were like, well, if we go back out to the van, he'll eventually come around. I swear to God, we were out there for, like, 10 to 20 minutes, and he still wasn't coming around. And eventually we went back in, and he goes... Where the fuck have you guys been? We're like, where the fuck have you been? Just comedy of errors with Animal House. Fucked up Scooby-Doo episode. <laughs> so, uh, what do you think uh, was like your favorite show? Like our favorite show that we ever played? Yeah, during the Animal House tenure. Dude, I played Tsunami Fest. Like... That was probably the coolest thing for me. I played on a fest 
with a bunch of bands I had looked up to like my entire life. That was cool as shit. And like we shared the same stage. Like I passed these dudes. That was really fucking cool. Uh getting to stand on stage during H2O. <laughs> like that was sick. Like that was a dream. I stage dove. I mean, like I'm big now. I was big back then. Probably shouldn't have been doing it, but I fucking did it. Whatever. That was super cool. I think I remember you telling me, like, yo, man, I staged stage during H2O last night. I was like, Jesus Christ. I just remember. Is anybody alive? <laughs> yeah. I just remember being up in the air, and then when I opened my eyes again, my head was like three inches from the fucking ground, but like somebody had caught me by my feet. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Thank you so much. Last time I do that. Cool. (laughs) We also went out with Wisdom for like a weekend or something. That was super cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Watching those guys like warm up for a set. I was like, who the fuck warms up to play music? (laughs) You just, you drink a bunch. And then you get behind your instrument. I don't get it. That's how the pros do it. Yeah, I got That's what you guys got to witness. Maybe that's why we didn't make it that far. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what happened. You guys you guys had a pretty pretty significant run though. Yeah. Uh, like in the immediate area anyway. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like those Delco scumbags, they love that shit. <laughs> they love when you sing about baseball, taking septa, <laughs> drinking at shitty bars. Like they love that thing. But the rest of the world was like, ugh, yikes. <laughs> but it's actually kind of funny. Like uh, England and Germany, like those were our two biggest international sellers. Like they're like, uh, come on over, mate. Uh. <laughs> Which I would have loved to have done, but <laughs> those kind of teeth, I can't stay around for like longer than a week. <laughs> I think that's just a rumor. I think it's better now. Uh, I don't want to find out. You know, what? <laughs> I'm afraid to leave the east coast of the United States. <laughs> so, in the midst of 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 uh, your exit from Animal House. When did you leave the band? I think it was after Tsunami Fest 2012. Uh, but basically, I left to get back into Westchester. Yeah, yeah. Get my fucking degree and like finally get out of college. Because it had been too long. <laughs> uh, that year at IUP like really messed me up academically. <laughs> I left with a 1.07 GPA. <laughs> Uh, went to Delaware County for a year, and then that's when I got into Westchester. And they were like, we're here to see you graduate, not to see you get old. Yeah. I, like, that clicked with me. I was like, okay. <laughs> All right. You got it. I guess, I'll, I guess I'll get my shit together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which I didn't even get it together that much during that time. Um, so you exited at Animal House. I think Jimmy Scoops took over on drums for uh, them. Rub some jelly on it. Jimmy Houston hopped up on those skins. Hopped up. Killed it. Slapped some skins. So, uh, Jimmy took over. You left. You went to go continue on with school. Um, uh, 
in the midst of all that, at well, I guess before you left the band, it was February of what 2012. John had his accident. Yeah, yeah. Remember when I got into an accident? Yeah, you got. Yeah, you got. You got. You got sent out to pick up a hair dryer and got crushed by a big white truck. Yeah, I got fucked up. <laughs> I got hitted by a truck. I got. <laughs> he got blindsided by a truck. Yeah. But you were all right. John got into his accident. He was in and out of the hospital forever and shit yeah. like that. So, you you did you you left the band after John had his accident. So that would have been. Tsunami Fest in 2012 would have been like June or July, probably. Yeah. It was still like in the summer back then. Yeah. So you left. You started school. When uh, you're 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 sober now. Speaking of all these other stories from Animal House. Yeah. <laughs> when 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 was that that you uh? That was March 2013. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was at school, went out for a buddy's birthday. <laughs> Tried to get out of a parking lot that didn't take card. So I hit a car or something. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> ended up in the back of a police car, though. Got that out of the way. Um, you got out of the garage. Uh, ran to a little bit of uh, DUI trouble right there. And the next day I was like, I'm never going to drink again. <laughs> and I've stuck to it so far. Uh, I actually just got off probation in July. Uh, that was three years ago. <laughs> and my roommate looks at me and he goes, so you're going to drink again? <laughs> not how it works, dude. Not that's, how it that's works. not how it works. Not how it works, man. <laughs> Once too many, a thousand's never enough. <laughs> Everybody, keep in mind your your day date. You know how many days are you at? So how's that been going for you, dude? It's good. What I find the funniest, and we actually talk about this a lot uh, at school. We had to take a voice class, and it's not like we're singing. We're not doing any of that. You're like learning how your voice works, what uh, what kinds of things affect your voice, how, and all that. And we get talking about alcohol. Yeah. And they all know I'm sober. They all know I'm an alcoholic. So I was like, it's so funny to go out with your friends when you don't drink. You could, I, I dude, I go to bars. I made relationships around alcohol. Like, I can't get away from it. Yeah, yeah. And it's the social lubricant. I can't reinvent the fucking wheel, okay? Mm, Yeah. So, I go to these bars, and I'm talking to these kids, and the more and more they drink, you can just watch it. And you can always see that one drink too many. Your (laughs) fucking cheeks droop, your eyes sag. You look like a fucking idiot. (laughs) And you say the dumb as shit but here's the thing you don't remember i do so like so like it's the funniest fucking thing the next day just being like hey remember when you ate 12 pieces of pizza and then puked on the sidewalk and told that kid that he was a fucking idiot i do i drove you home i remember so that's fun uh but it's nice to be clear-minded, 
You know, it's nice to uh, have money. <laughs> it's nice not to have like an $80 bar tab. <laughs> I do, I will say, I, I do drink a lot of Coke and Red Bull. Yeah. When I go to these places. Yeah. Got to keep up with the kids. <laughs> Got to get all caffeine up. Yeah. Caffeine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> hell of a drug. But what what is nice is like going into a bar and they see me surrounded by all these kids that are like drinking. And I'm like, yeah, can I have a water? Or like, I'll ask for a Coke. And they're just like, don't even worry about it. Here, take yeah. it. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not driving them home, but thank you. Thank you very much. I'm taking a fucking Uber away from these kids. <laughs> you can deal with them. <laughs> No, that's good. So you're like you're over three years now, aren't you? Yeah, man. That's awesome. I guess. Congratulations. <laughs> Bullshit. I got to deal with reality every day. <laughs> Nothing is worse than reality, man. <laughs> so it's like mid-August now. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be heading into your final year down at SCAD. Yeah. To uh, get your masters. Correct. That's awesome. Are you excited? Very excited. I. Uh... I'm not going to lie. I'm going to toot my own horn right now. I worked my fucking dick off last year. <laughs> um, but we had auditions for this thing called Showcase. And a lot of graduate programs, performing arts, have showcases. And it's basically to be like, hey, look at all these kids graduating from our school and how awesome they are. So for Showcase, you get to go to New York City, Atlanta, Georgia, and Los Angeles, California. And you get to audition in front of, like... Managers and agents and directors and executive producers and TV networks and shit like that. And you have to audition. It's an extremely rigorous audition process. And they only bring like a handful of kids from the department. But you have to be graduating. So you can be an undergraduate senior or you can be a second year grad student. I'm one of 10 fucking kids that got accepted into this showcase thing. So that's going to be happening this year. I'm going to be going to, a, you know, New York, LA, Atlanta, audition in front of all these people. So I'm super excited about that. That's awesome, man. This fall, I am the lead in the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee Musical. What the hell is that? I play an overweight, nerdy, asshole 13 year old, and I got to <laughs> fucking sing. <laughs> You're going to have to shave, aren't you? You know what? We've had this conversation, and he was just like, we'll talk about it in September. And I was like, no, Michael. We will talk about it now. Because <laughs> if I shave, I'm going to look like a jerk-off for a while. Speaking of looking like a jerk-off, last year I did a play called The Amish Project, which is about right here in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. <laughs> and I played an Amish dude. And I looked fucking Amish, bro. <laughs> I looked Amish as shit. But uh, what you do? You take the mustache off? Literally, like yeah. took the mustache off, and I just combed my hair down. Yeah, Amish immediately. <laughs> I've been saying it since I was thirteen. Like getting in button ups and be like, oh, "Look, Amish." And I'm like, "You look handsome." <laughs> just like, ugh. But yeah, like I totally look Amish without a mustache. <laughs> but this musical, I've never been in a musical. I've never actually sang. Animal House isn't singing. Hardcore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Ignite, you know, that guy can fucking sing. Yeah. I can't sing like that, dude. I can't I can't do that. (laughs) 
like, I could scream into a microphone. Got that down pat. I can't sing. So now I'm in a musical at school. <laughs> Fuck me. <man. laughs> but I'm, a, I'm still going to kill it for Pennsylvania hardcore because that's what we do. Working class. I'm going to work my ass off. I'm going to make that thing number one. For real. I know you will. I know you will. Fucking better. I know you will. Do you have any uh, student films lined up this year? Not yet. Um, you know, if that's something that'll happen during the year. And speaking of student films, what is going on with the four o'clock, the student film you did this past year? The four o'clock is finished. Uh, I, th- If you donated to the film, you should be getting your gifts soon. Okay. I hope. Fingers okay. crossed. Send a text message out and see if I can get any more information on that. Uh, but that's going to be entered in Film Fest like all over the place. Cool. I'm super excited about it. Uh, the editing on it turned out great. Like We finished with the movie, and I was like, this might be too weird. People might not understand this. And then I saw the final cut, and the editing was like phenomenal. It, it it did come out great. I, I got the chance to watch it and it was uh I definitely laughed my ass off. It's like it's funny, it's it's witty. From a one to a ten, it's like a solid six. Yeah. <laughs> I'd probably I'd probably give it closer to like an eight to All tell right, you. Six point three. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty nice. I just wish it was longer, that's all. No. I think but like see, like here's the thing. Like that movie came out okay. Like like I I am proud of that movie. Yeah. I can say that I am proud of that movie and you know that was a great process. Worked with a lot of great people. Uh the therapist in it, in it, Emily Tomlinson is like one of the funniest improvisers ever. And a lot of it a lot of her parts are improvised. And I was like what if like this is good and like I can't do longer than a 6 minute movie. Like anybody that sees me in like a 10 minute movie they're like what the fuck is this dude doing? <laughs> go to Hollywood to do like a real movie and they're like he can't he's got a solid six minutes in him and then he sucks <laughs> I don't think you'll have that problem man well, we're gonna fucking find out we're gonna... <laughs> so you're doing this is gonna be your last year you got the play coming up now what are your plans we're gonna see how showcase goes hopefully something comes of that and like when I say something, I'm not talking about a multi-million dollar movie deal. I'm talking about, like, a manager's is like, hey, I'd like to send you on a couple casting calls. Like, that would be huge for me. Okay. But I would love to move to New York. Close to Philadelphia still. Yeah. Could still go to hardcore shows. Yeah. New York is, like, that great in-between of, like, art material and showbiz. So, like, that's a nice thing. I could still do, like, really cool artsy shit, but I can, like, get down to business and, like, hopefully be on a show or something like that. L.A. drives me nuts. Yeah. Drives me insane. It's so fake. I feel like everybody's out to get you. And, like, the pool out there is so big. Everybody's already out there that wants to be somebody. Yeah. And, like... 
it's something that they tell us all the time. Like everybody's peed in it. It smells exactly, <laughs> dude. And like they don't have enough chlorine, let alone water. That's why they have a fucking water problem. It's all these goddamn actors taking showers and shit. <laughs> but like what they say all the time is like, if you go out to L.A. thinking you're hot shit, there's always somebody hotter than you. Oh yeah. Whether it be yeah. like talent wise or just physical appearance. Yeah. Because that shit don't matter. Just- I mean, that goes for life in general too. Yeah. Like I mean. No matter what you're talking about, there's always somebody bigger and better. So always stay humble. Always. Humility. Uh, Atlanta sounds really cool, too. Still on the East Coast. I think I'm afraid to leave the East Coast. Like, no lie. Like, uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. They're talking about, like, going to the fucking Grand Canyon or shit in an episode. And they're like, Charlie, why don't you come? And he was like, ah! why would you need to leave Philadelphia? <laughs> and they're just like, he's afraid to leave Philadelphia. Like I am legitimately afraid to leave the East coast. I'm only like an hour away from Philadelphia and I feel like I'm on a different planet because you I fucking just, are. Yeah, dude. dude. I can't wait to, to get the fuck back out of this. I hate this County. Like when I leave, I am never coming back. Fun fact. Savannah Walmart sells Lancaster County pots. Like pots that say like Lancaster County seventeen fucking eighty nine or whatever. It is. What like Lancaster County, PA? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, why? Get that shit out of here. <laughs> Who the fuck gives a shit about Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, in Savannah, Georgia? Uh, maybe it's like a tourist spot for them, though. A lot of a lot of people do come here. It's a beautiful area. Every once in a while. I'll be driving home, and I come up over the tops of one of these peaks on the road I live on, and I'm like, man, this place is beautiful. And then I run into another human being. And, and it the fucking whole, ruins The whole everything. thing is ruined yeah, for me. Yeah, I know. The whole fucking thing. Like, if there weren't people, like, if it, if it was just cows, it'd be like, all right, it smells, but, like, at least I don't have to deal with fucking other humans. <laughs> Let's change Lancaster County. Get rid of the humans. Make Lancaster County great again. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Make a change, people. So, okay. So you're coming out. You're going to do this audition circuit while Mm -hmm. you're in school. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hoping for something to pop up with that. Mm -hmm. Um, In reference to the acting itself, Mm -hmm. like what, what about that really made you fall in love with doing that stuff you'll hear people talk about like going into the arts whether you're a writer a sculptor a painter actor musician you have to have that passion you you need to be in it to win it passion 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 hard work blah 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 and like there is nothing more i want to do than like show somebody somebody else's view on life. And I think the best way to do that is through theater and acting and film and shit like that. Everybody is so focused on their yard, so to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they don't notice everybody else's. They don't see what happens in everybody else's house in everybody else's neighborhood, on everybody's block. And there's an importance as to why we should show people that. The fucking world is bigger than your yard. 
Did I just go on some philosophical shit? Did I just lose everybody? No, I don't think you did. So I'm with you anyway. I know what you're saying. (laughs) The, the, The world is bigger than your fucking yard. And for you to be able to understand what somebody else is going through, there's no better way than to see it. And you can do that through acting. You yeah. can you can do that through film. That shit's international. Yeah. I can write a play here about a neighborhood that's very similar to Delaware County where I lived. Let's say that play gets fucking huge. Somebody in Norway can do a production of it. Somebody in China can do a production of it. Yeah. And they can relate it to their community, to yeah. their world. Yeah. And show what they want to show in their community. So like, I think that's extremely important and there's so much fucking divide anymore. It's always us versus them. And it needs to be like us with us, you know? Yeah. Everybody is so, I, I, I am this, I am this kind of person with this kind of title and you need to accept that. It's like, I can fucking give you my opinion on anything, and you could totally disagree with me, and that's fine. But if you give me your opinion, and I'll be like, well, I don't necessarily agree with all of that, and then you fucking flip out on me, you're not, you're, you're only creating that larger divide. Uh, yeah, and that's, that's like the biggest problem with the world today, period. I mean, and me saying that that's the biggest problem with the world today is kind of like... <laughs> going against what we're saying right now. But. Exactly. And there's somebody who's going to fucking listen to this and you know they're fucking steaming mad in their seat right now. Like, fuck these fat assholes. <laughs> How dare they say that? I'm going to tweet about it. But in all seriousness, like, nobody can have a conversation and honestly talk about anything that they feel differently on and like, like people can't even agree to disagree anymore. Not, not at all. Not calmly, anyway. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? Um, sometimes I th- like I don't know. Like sometimes I wonder. Like, is it the internet? Like, I like you know, like giving everybody a voice in one fo- like sense or another. You it know? is. It is absolutely something that added to this. Because like, I was also younger, but like the '90s, I don't remember half of this fucking bullshit that happens today happening back then. Like, social media, the fact that people can create these things that are literally based around them. Your Instagram, your Twitter, your Facebook, your fucking live journals or whatever the fuck you kids got nowadays, your Pokemon Go's. (laughs) It's all based on you, and it all features you, and people create characters for themselves. It's much like being in a fucking play or being in a movie you're creating a character around yourself that you are exposing to the world but let's say the fucking internet and electricity fucking an emp hits american you're shit out of luck your social media is fucked people are going to see the fucking real you and see that like all these pictures and all these statuses that you made were fucking bullshit and you're actually a very sad person you're sitting in your fucking house (laughs) and you know your fucking life sucks Everybody's life sucks a fucking little well, bit. Well, and like that, a scenario like that, like that you're talking about right now, the worst part about that is like if, if it all disappeared like tomorrow, like the other dangerous part of it is like people having like an instant gratification of like, you know, I'm a jerk off and this is the way it is. Yeah. 
And then, you know, like the people that do agree with you, you automatically have this like, yeah, you're right. You know, like this, like this instant gratification of, you know, like, oh, am I doing the right thing? And like some other person that, and I'm not saying whether they're right or wrong. Like I'm not bringing up a specific instance, but like somebody else is more than likely going to say, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It's fine. You know what I mean? So like in the back of your mind, like if you're being an asshole <laughs> and you know it, but like somebody else is, is, is backing you up in your asshole ways, then everything's totally cool. Everything's fine. You know? And do you want to lead, you know, the fucking kid that like needs a leader right now? Or do you want to lead the band of assholes that says you're right about fucking everything because they're just as big as assholes as you. Exactly. Like, <laughs> got to get into the mind. <laughs> are you an asshole? At the end of the day, are you like, I'm a fucking asshole? I'm like, stop letting assholes follow your shit, man. <laughs> just live your life, bro. Just live your life. Just live your life. Yeah, but I mean, going back to the original thing, yeah, like nobody, nobody can... Uh, Nobody can have a normal conversation. And, like, nobody nobody wants to hear anybody else's side on anything. So, I mean, you're right. Like, film probably is, a, like, a great medium to, to do that, to try and get a message across to people. And to throw the compliment right back at you, so <laughs> is podcasting. Um, I find, like, this podcast specifically, I find this very interesting that you bring people on and they kind of get to tell their story or they get to tell how they got where they are now. Whereas like in a lot of interviews, it's all very formulated. We're going to ask you about this and then we can lead into that. And then we will end with this and then you'll go home and everybody will clap. And at my school, we do have interviews that go with that. And like, we have some big names come in and that's exactly how those interviews go. And it's just like, but I, want to know more about your process, or I want to know about more about you. How did you get where you are now? Yeah. Um, but in the podcast world, there is beautiful stories, beautiful stories with anonymous people or something like that. And that is with, oh man, Chris Gethard. He is an improv artist and he decided to do this. Basically was like, Yo, call in with your stories. You're completely anonymous. And, like, going back to the acting thing, like, even getting those stories, seeing how those people live through storytelling, like, that's an amazing thing. Like, to be able to spread that kind of information. It sounds fucking weird. But, I mean, it's really good. And it's it's another way to get, like, that kind of, to get people in a different mindset to see where other people are coming from. And, like, to get some understanding. Like, if you see somebody who's driving like an asshole and you're like, that guy's a fucking asshole. Like, they could also be driving to the hospital because they're about to have a kid. Yeah. They could be driving to a hospice because their grandmother's going to die. Yeah. Like, you fucking, you never know what anybody else is going through. Yeah. No, it's it's true. You're right. And, and uh, yeah, that, that does sound like a cool podcast, too, in all seriousness. I got to check that one out. Yeah. No, that's really neat. So... If, uh, like, are you doing any writing right now, or? Uh, for the Saturday Night Live show we had, I did a sketch for that, so that got in. That was nice. 
I'm hoping that that will be up sometime this year, and I can like th- share it. To, yeah, yeah, share yeah, yeah, so everybody can check that out through social media, so more people can see me and approve of what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> I have a friend Casey and I down at SCAD that we've been trying to write this play, and it like it takes place at a funeral. And it's like three friends, his brother and his mother. And then the person who is deceased lays on the floor in front of them. And they all like they're all there at the funeral and they're talking about him and talking about old times. And then like each person will have a story about the deceased. And the deceased will rise up and like do that scene with them. Okay. And then go back down and everybody will join back on stage and then okay. the next story will happen. So like that's something that could be really cool. Yeah. Hopefully that goes through. There's a lot of fucking social justice things going on in the media right now. So we were thinking about maybe touching that a little bit, too. Okay. Show people the other side, man. Yeah. Do a little writing with that, too. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, and that, that's a lot of fun. And, like, that's cool because then I don't have to act in it. I can just throw it at other people and be like, you do it. <laughs> <laughs> I can guide you, but you do it. You take a crack at yeah. it. No, that's pretty cool. Have you, uh, are, are like, do you have any plans of like attempting the uh, stand-up world? So John Barlow, many years ago, said to me, "I would do stand-up, but every comedian has that downfall. Every comedian has that time period where they're dry. Nobody gets their shit. Yeah, they come out with a new special, and everybody's like, it fucking sucks." And, like, you go in on yourself, you know? You disappear for a little bit. You try to get your shit back together. You go into a big depression. (laughs) And it was just like, I don't know how I would come back out of that. Like, George Carlin even went through it. The greatest comedian of all time. And if you got something to say about it, come at me. (laughs) Greatest comedian of all time. And, like, he went through it. Obviously, he surpassed that and yeah, became yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. huge yeah. again. But, like, I'm not George Carlin, bro. <laughs> I don't know if I could do that. But it would be nice. It'd be nice to get into a writer's room for anything, even if it was, like, a sitcom or, like, you know, something dumb like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would do it in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. So, NBC, if you're listening to this... <laughs> I got you. No, I always thought um, comedy, uh, stand-up in particular, uh, like some of the guys that were really, really great, um, I think made an impact on people's lives and made them look at things from a different angle, even through stand-up comedy. Like George Carlin's one, um, Richard Pryor. He's got some old stand-up sets, dude, that like – I, I like I like the crowd for the most part when you watch some of these older sets like keeps on laughing but it's some like pretty heavy hitting shit like uh, it, he's some of the stuff that he got into dealing with like addiction and shit like that is like unbelievable yeah. to see from like a long like I mean it was a long time ago most of those videos but um and, like that's just another avenue where people t- can definitely make a difference too and it's funny because like addiction and the comedy world. Go together like fucking peanut butter and jelly. Oh, yeah. Like, it's insane. And I think that's true for, like, a lot of 
artists, I guess. Um, Because you kind of have to, like, rely on yourself. Like, everything you are saying and doing is coming out of your brain. And unless you have writers with you. Yeah. Unless you have somebody who, like, draws your picture before you paint it. Like, this is all coming from you. And I think that puts a lot... A lot of people can't deal with that kind of pressure. Um, It gets to everybody at some point, no matter where you are in the industry it'll it'll touch you at least fucking once um and people drown that voice out and drown that pressure out by drinking or they'll fucking pick up a needle or they'll do a bunch of coke and like have fun for a night but it's like when is it fun when is it too much and that's what a lot of people have a problem with yeah realizing man i went to the improv last summer saw a bunch of fantastic comedians like big fucking names and then i got to meet one of these comedians at the end had a line everybody got pictures with him and he he wasn't even the problem it was a person in the corner that was like yelling and i look over and it was a big comedian yeah yeah. was in movies yeah and this dude's just drunk as shit as people are walking by. And he's like, fuck you, piece of shit. I can't have one. Fuck it. It's like, dude. And he's got like three of his fucking boys around him, like trying to shut him the fuck up. Like, that's when you know. You gotta step off the <laughs> gas and pump those brakes, pretty boy. <laughs> who, was he, who was he yelling at? Fans? He was just, yeah, dude. Just and at, like, at, like at random people? At random fucking people, dude. Oh and it's not God, like any, anyone was like provoking him or anything. Like yeah, one yeah. person was just like, hi, I just wanted to say that like I really like your shit. And he was just like, I don't give a fuck. She was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Good to meet you, sir. <laughs> but I, I, I don't know, man. Like being sober and like I did the fucking, you know, rock star, punk, let's get drunk as shit. And I've been in the fucking acting world where I had the bunch of artists that are like, I'm not good enough. I have to drink to get through this day. I need to snort this line to go out on that stage. It's like, I've seen both. I'm just like, just fucking chill. If everybody like just took a breath once in a while, uh, just spend 10 minutes and like read a book. I don't know. Um, meditating is cool. Could always pick up a couple yoga moves. <laughs> Learn to fucking color in the lines. I don't know. Like, just chill out for ten minutes. Everybody's like, "No, I need to do stuff. I need to feel different." <laughs> fucking breathe, you jerk off. <laughs> so my new self-improvement book will be out in October. <laughs> it's called "Color in the Lines" with Brian Barlow. <laughs> just breathe, jerk off. <laughs> Chapter one. Chapter one. Just breathe. Hey, jerk off. Just breathe. Yeah, they, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely, you know, you, you see a lot of addiction issues involved with entertainment and one, one on, on any side, you know, uh, it's, uh, but it's, it's, it really is the world as a whole. Like it's, Without you know, like, I mean, it gets pinpointed towards, like, musicians or actors and stuff like that just because they're, like, big names, more popular people. But, I mean, it happens everywhere, man. It's like your average Joe Blow that's, you know, 
pushing fucking carts in the parking lot at Home Depot is probably, you know, like Liv- living out in Southern Chester County through my high school years. Like now that I look back at that shit, that shit was scary. Kids' parents are making easily six figures. Like both parents are easily making six figures a year. Yeah. And they're always out away on business. So these kids would throw these gigantic fucking parties. Now, you're 15 to 18. You have a fuck ton of kids in your house. You're not going to be able to have eyes on everything. No. These kids are going into your fucking parents' medicine cabinets. Yep. And they're stealing their shit. And they're just fucking doing it, man. And that, like, at least in, like, the art industry, it's like, you know, I feel down about myself. I need to feel better. Or, you know, I need to bring myself down. So I better take a couple downers. These kids are doing it because they're fucking bored. Yeah. There's nothing to fucking do out there, man. Yeah. And it's like, Jesus Christ. And that's when it's like, go start a fucking band. Go write a fucking play. Yeah. Read a book. Color in the lines. <laughs> Breathe, jerk off. Like, <laughs> stop eating things that aren't yours. <laughs> There's enough fucking GMOs and Oreos to get you fucked up. <laughs> it is a... um having grown up in Delaware County and then experiencing everything outside of that uh, in more rural areas. Yeah, there really is nothing for kids to do. Um. (laughs) When I moved out to Avondale from Barber Road, which I could walk to the 7-Eleven in three minutes, maybe, if I was able to take that three minutes to walk to the fucking 7-Eleven in Avondale, I would have done it all day, every day. But instead, <laughs> I was trapped in a cookie cutter fucking development. Don't get me wrong. Very blessed to have a very nice house and a very nice area and a beautiful view wherever I looked. But to be able to fucking walk out of your goddamn house is just so nice. nice. It's just so nice. Go for a walk. <laughs> just go for a walk, people. Like... So just just put all the bullshit down and just just breathe outside sometimes too. The sun, vitamin D, I'm mean, great for the skin. Like you you don't think about this shit all day every day because a lot of people are thinking about the next time they're going to get fucked up or the next time they're going to drink. Just like why, why don't you just chill for a little bit? How do you, in all seriousness? How do you? I mean, there's there's obviously like the obvious pros to to uh you know no longer drinking or anything else but like how how do you think it's improved your life in the past three plus years dude to be as like clear-headed as i've been i wouldn't be able to perform the way i perform now if i was still drinking like i know that i'm up at like 6 a.m getting ready for class to perform to go to the gym to make sure that I'm like loosened up and all that shit before I get to class, all that. So if I had been drinking, let's say you're drinking until like one, two, three o'clock in the morning to get up at like five or six is fucking insane. Yeah. And you're hungover on top of it, which trust me, I did it for years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I got pretty goddamn good at it. But like now if I don't get like six, seven hours of sleep, like I'm worthless the next day. Yeah. But like to, but even if I like 
do only get three hours of sleep, I'm still clear-minded enough to get my shit done for that day. Yeah. I know what I have to do. I may not be... And, like, this is another thing that people have to realize. Like, you're not going to be fucking 100%. Like, you don't get sober and you're 100% for the rest of your life. There are fucking days that suck. And it's not even necessarily that, like, I really need that drink or, like, I, I really wish I could fucking do that line. It's just, like... I don't feel good about myself right now, but tomorrow I'll feel better. Maybe even a couple hours I'll feel better. Maybe somebody throughout my day today yeah. will fucking interfere in some way, and in, in a positive way, in yeah. a good way. And it's just like that. That's all you can fucking hope for. Is like you can only hope to get to that part of your day that makes you fucking feel good again. And sometimes you do wake up at one hundred percent, and some asshole interferes later, and it's completely negative, and it totally fucking brings you down, and you're like. Fuck. But you're going to get past it anyway. So, like, <laughs> like, like, sobriety has just, like, opened my eyes to that fact. Yeah. You know, that, like, just because it sucks now doesn't mean it's going to suck fucking forever. Yeah, yeah. No, and that, it, I, I think it takes a, like, people don't, can't see beyond the shitty parts most of the time, yeah. but it's, it does get better. <laughs> like, like, you don't know or understand hate until, like, you fucking hate yourself. And, like, that's what it was for, like, so fucking long, dude. It was just, like, self-loathing and fucking I hate doing this shit. And waking up is the worst part of my day and all that. <laughs> and then you just you just fucking, like, you never stay like that. But when you're in that mindset, when you create that world for yourself using, you know, drugs and alcohol and shit like that, that's all you fucking know. I, I, you know, and, like, another big thing is, like, when they... When they say that, like, alcohol, just as an example, I mean, like, any any drug could do this, but, like, alcohol in particular, they, when they call it a depressant, I think most people think of that as, like, a depressant in the sense that, like, it'll it'll make you, like, fall asleep or, like, it depresses your body in the sense that it makes you tired or, like, loopy. Or, or like, even hunched over and your cheeks you fucking dragged down, down and yeah. your fucking eyes look dumb. For me, like, when I still drank a lot, my... The, my long like the long-term effects of it were like i would literally be depressed like days later like if i if i was like only drinking on the weekends but i was drinking heavy on the weekends like days later you just like you feel like shit i mean i still have days like that sometimes but you know like you said like i mean you're still like you're not gonna have like you're like oh this is this is awesome Every day just gets better and better because <laughs> yeah. now I'm sober. Yeah. Like, that's not fucking true. Oh, yeah. Get the fuck out of here with that shit. But, like, you're more clear-minded. I Like, and, like, the, the, I guess the swings aren't as severe yeah. as when I was younger. You know what I mean? So, like, those shitty days you do have aren't, like, as bad. Like, there were, there's, the, the, the bad days were worse before. But, I mean, that's... Yeah. I know some people just like within the past few months that are like, you know, I'm like really fighting, you know, like some depression and anxiety and shit like that. And then like literally, and I'm not judging them, but like literally like in the same day, they're like out at the bar that night or something. And I'm like, dude, you're like, you're not. Hair of the dog, bro. Yeah, like you just you're running around in circles. You know what I mean? Well, I got drunk last night and I feel like shit, but I better continue to drink so I don't feel like, <laughs> like shit. shit. And I think we as Americans, you know, we're very desensitized to drugs and alcohol. We don't understand 
or it's not really shown to us that there are actual chemical compounds that are fucking with the shit in your brain to make you feel that way. Oh, yeah. But because you don't know it and you don't see it, you don't care. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll fucking, I'll have this drink. I'll fucking shoot this in my face. I'll eat these pills. And, like, you you don't understand the chemical compounds and, like, what they're doing to your physical body and to your mental state. And I think once, like, through all my DUI classes and all that bullshit I had to go through. Yeah. Because the man put me down. Damn it. Um, <laughs> like, it opened my eyes, like, ah, maybe this isn't the best yeah. for my body. Yeah. Just, like, for my future. Yeah. You know? Yeah, Kid, puts, kids just don't understand, you know. <laughs> well, you know, it takes uh, sometimes it takes some some pretty severe circumstances to realize that like you're not fucking immortal. You know what I mean? Oh man, do you remember being in high school and like not giving a fuck? Oh yeah, I used to drive a hundred and ten everywhere. <laughs> like I said earlier, dude, like. I thought cars were tanks. Like, I didn't give a shit. Brian found out that cars aren't tanks. Trucks are tanks. (laughs) I found out like six times. Like, I just never learned. But, I mean, yeah, in all seriousness, it's... uh... And at at the same token, like, uh, I look back at certain things, like with our brother John, where I'm like, no, fuck it. Like, take take the risk. You know what I mean? Like, oh, and live the, every day like it's your last. Yeah, man. yeah. Like, there's definitely uh, there's something to be said for for taking risks in life. Uh, I just hope that people like calculate them a little better. Like, you yeah. can get a lot more accomplished like without wrecking yourself. You know what I mean? Check yourself like, before you wreck yourself. Yeah. Like, for real. <laughs> um, I graduated in 2008, and I've had. 10 maybe 11 people pass away from my class like and a lot of them are fucking you know drug related yeah it's like what the fuck what is so bad about your fucking life that you think you need that one last drink that you think you need to take that fucking another bag you know in the arm and i understand that people go through a lot of shit it's just like i said before you know seeing things from both sides but nothing will ever be bad forever. You know, shit does get better after a while. Yeah. Sometimes it takes a really long time. Yeah. But I mean, like, I promise. And like, uh, I just read about the fucking bridge out in California. Big red one. Oh. In San Francisco, yeah. the uh, Golden Gate? The Golden Gate Bridge. They did... <laughs> Yeah, the I'm, big red, the bridge big red one. I'm getting my masters. Don't worry, everybody. The big red bridge in California. So uh, <laughs> that MFA is gonna be fucking. Uh, dude, I'm gonna hang the, that in the, a fucking toilet. That, um, that should be your fucking quote. <laughs> the big red one. Breathe, you jerk off. The big red one in California. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, a bunch of people jump off of that, and kill themselves. Yeah, well, uh, and uh, this guy. Got a bunch of people that were saved from jumping off. Yeah, yeah. And he checked in with them. None of them killed themselves after that experience. Yeah. And they all said, you know, if it wasn't for you guys, I'd be gone. Now that I'm here, 
I see the fucking good shit, and I don't feel like I want to kill myself anymore. I'm in a much better place. And it's that shit like, imagine if you were to fucking put a gun against your head and the gun jammed. Yeah. If you had that second chance to be like, to just take that extra second to think, like, all right, this isn't actually what I wanted to do. Like, how different the fucking world would be. Yeah. Like, how crazy it would be if, like, everybody had, like, two positive things to say every day. Like, the power of the fucking mind can do wonders, man. Yeah. And you have all these fucking cocksuckers out here arguing about this, that, and borders, and walls, and fucking emails. Like, who (laughs) fucking gives a shit? It's not going to be here in 200 years. No. Who fucking cares? But a positive outlook will. Uh, Fucking, (laughs) if you give a balloon to a kid, and he fucking has that memory for the rest of his life, are you fucking kidding? That kid's going to grow up to buy another kid a fucking balloon one day, and it's just going to continue. Got all these fucking people about like, don't fucking call me a pronoun. I'm neutral. Like, just fucking be human. Just, <laughs> just fucking walk around and be human. Just say hi to somebody. I don't give a fuck about like your race or your religion or like who you grew, your zip code or what fucking kind of car. Just be human, dude. Just don't be a dickhead for one fucking day, and just try to be nice to people. Like, it's the only way we're going to get out of this thing alive. Just breathe, jerk off. Just breathe, jerk off. <laughs> Fuck, man. It's like, I wake up every day, and I got six emails. I got 942 fucking Facebook things. And, like, once you get on Facebook, it's like, holy shit. What the fuck are you all talking about? <laughs> just, just... <coughs> Nobody gives a shit. Just fucking be cool. Just high five somebody today. Learn somebody's name that like you never knew before. I don't know. Talk to a homeless person. You want to hear stories? Talk to <laughs> a homeless, homeless person. <laughs> and if you can't get access to them, take an Uber. I have had the best conversations in Ubers, man. Those people are so interesting. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, there's people from all different... Uh, I mean, we know tons of people that drive for Uber now. I know a lot of people that do it. But, like, artists that, you know, just, like, somebody in their family said, like, all right, it's time for you to, like, give up on sculpting. You know, you got to get a real job. So they move back home. They fucking have a daytime job that they hate. They do. They do Uber at night. And they talk to the fat bearded kid in the back seat. Like, <laughs> but their stories are so interesting. And like you, in every single one of them, there's that one person or there's that one organization or there's just that one thing that said, don't do that anymore. And now they fucking hate everything. Yeah. And it's just yeah. like, just fucking just be human. Just do whatever the fuck you want to do. It's cool. Yeah. You want to be a furry? Be a furry, man. <laughs> Be hot as shit in Savannah, Georgia. <laughs> Hang out and fuck other dogs. I don't care. If you're happy, that's all that matters. <laughs> fuck. There is uh There are a lot of pointless arguments that people get into these days, and I don't think they have any clue that 
I mean, even after November, like you, you specifically mentioned, like the presidential election, it's really not going to fucking matter. Like in a couple months, yeah, dude, we're all going to be dead. Yeah, <laughs> World War Three is going to happen. And America's getting blown off the fucking map. <laughs> I'm cool with it. Whatever. It's got to happen for the good of the earth, right? <laughs> I'm pretty at peace with whatever happens at this point. Yeah, I really am. So, with all that being said. Was yeah. there? Was there <laughs> yeah. After we went down all those fucking roads, what's up, Mike? <laughs> anything in terms of like uh, the way that you get in the character or anything like that that you wanted to go over? Any? Any? Uh, I quite literally learned to breathe this year. Hence my just breathe jerk off statement. Okay. Uh, in that voice class, like you have to do a lot of. <laughs> body check-ins and like learning to breathe and you know your lungs go up and down Mm -hmm. they go back and forth and they go side to side and like that really helps me because we all have created habits throughout our entire lives the way you stand the way like your mannerisms are the way you speak it's all tensions in your body one way or another Mm. um and I myself, I'm a fucking kid. Like, I know I fucking put my head down and, like, I stoop a little bit. Yeah. And that was just from, like, being a kid. I remember, like, going through elementary school and I always had my head down. I was, like, always looking at the floor. I don't fucking know why. Probably something repressed from my childhood. (laughs) Boo-hoo, get over it. (laughs) Boo-hoo. But, like, it has physically changed, you know, like, my back. Yeah. So, like, I have to fucking get into these positions and breathe a little bit differently and then, like, I can settle down into the character. Because I'm not standing or doing what Brian Barlow does. I'm doing with fucking Jebediah Stolfoots, or whatever the fuck my name was, as the Amish guy. Like, I'm standing like him, or I'm breathing like him. Okay. So it's not necessarily, like, I have to think about, I'm a farmer, and I have a horse named fucking Spot, and, you know, like, I, I don't give a shit about that. If you can change yourself physically... Like, in the way that you hold yourself, the way that you breathe, like, you can get into just about any fucking mindset you need to get into. Okay. Which is a very interesting way to fucking look at it. And, like, if you look at a lot of the things that we were taught and we had done were very close to yoga and very close to meditation. So, like, even if you take, like, 15 minutes out of your day to, like, meditate or try yoga or something like that, you can change your mindset, you know? That's pretty cool. You can get into a different mindset. A lot of that has to do with breathing, period, too. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that. Tick not Han, man. Breathe. Breathe. Great book. Breathe, jerk off. He Tick ta- not Han. He, he says breathe about a thousand times in the book, and that's all it is. Just, hey, breathe. 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 Do it. <laughs> That'll, that, that's actually his last book. Breathe, jerk off. <laughs> Transcribed by Brian Barlow. <laughs> So was there, uh, this is usually around the time we start to wrap them up. Um, was there anything you wanted to plug or anything? Uh, Beautiful Stories with Anonymous People, Chris Gethard. Uh, it's from the Earwolf Howl Network. Uh, is it available like in the iTunes store? Yeah, or? it's also yeah. in iTunes and all that. Uh, I'm really into improv and comedy and shit, and I think a lot of people that listen to this are too. Uh, Spontaneous Nation with Paul F. Tompkins. Okay. Philadelphia native. 215, what up? Spontaneous <laughs> Nation. He basically has like uh, 
couple actors and improvers come in, and they just make a story, man. Okay. They just pull it out of thin air. It's cool as shit. Uh, if you're looking for a university to go to for all your arts needs, Savannah College of Art and Design in Savannah, Georgia. <laughs> you could go to school with Brian Barlow. And if you're into hardcore, extra points, because I need you. <laughs> really need you down there. Really need you down there. Really need you. And if you're going to have a bachelorette party, Savannah, Georgia, capital of bachelorette parties. <laughs> if I don't make money off this fucking podcast, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> I better be getting free tuition. Savannah better give me my own house. We'll see what we can work out. We'll contact some people down there. We'll make some calls. Make some calls. <laughs> Definitely. All right, man. Well, that's it. I want to thank you for coming on. And uh, I'm sure I'll have you on again, maybe uh, around December. Thanks, Mike. All right. Take it easy, everybody. Peace, love, and cheese steaks above. Just breathe, jerk off. All right, everybody. That was our interview with Brian. I want to thank him again for taking the time to sit down with us. Uh, he's, a, he's, like, seriously very busy in school. So uh, he only had a little bit of free time to uh, come up and visit, go to This Is Hardcore and everything. So, uh, I mean, I kind of got an in with, in with him because he's my brother. But <laughs> I do appreciate him taking the time to sit down for the interview. Um, Brian's in his last year now, too. He'll be graduating in May with his master's, which is a hell of a lot more than me and John ever did. We're, uh, everybody's very proud of him, definitely. I hope he knows that. Um, but uh, other than that, um, just a reminder to check out Fast Break Records. Uh, check out all of our friends' podcasts. We were talking about the Old Street News podcast, Shallow Thoughts. Uh, make sure you guys are checking out Cinepunks. Um, check out uh, Hardcore Kids Corner with uh, Matty Otonic. Um, trying to think, what else is there? Uh, the Post America podcast, obviously, with Richie and Joe from Wisdom and Chains. And uh, also make sure you're checking out Smoking Word with Hoya from Madball. Um, I know I've mentioned it like a million times, but if anybody has not heard the episode that Hoya did um, with Scotty Banks, uh, go back and find that episode. Uh, it's available everywhere. Like he does, like the iTunes thing, SoundCloud. Um, I think he's got like a YouTube channel too. Uh, but definitely check that out. Um, that episode was awesome. <laughs> um, but uh, other than that, um, it's good to be uh, good to be back at it again. Um, I have another interview uh, that I haven't released yet with the guys from Garland Green. Um, so hopefully that'll be coming out like within the next two weeks. Um, Got to edit it down and everything. And um, those guys have uh, a release coming out shortly, so I'm waiting to get the final word on like actual release dates and stuff that those guys have it before I put the episode out, just so I can put all the information out there that I possibly can uh, for you guys and, and to help those guys out. Um, so uh, hopefully you guys will be hearing from me again within the next week or two. Uh, on the way out here, uh, I'm going to play another uh, Strength Approach track. It's going to be The Price to Pay. Uh, features Mad Joe from Wisdom Chains on it. Again, that's all for their album, Over the Edge. Make sure you guys check that out when you get a chance. It was another fast break release. Um, other than that, uh, hopefully I'll be talking to you guys again soon. Like I said before, uh, take care of yourselves and each other. Thanks. We
we paid was worth it.